Hey guys, before we get started, want to let you guys know that last Sunday we did a recording with myself, Romeo, Chris, and Annie, but unfortunately the recording was lost. As a result, due to conflicting schedules, we weren't able to all meet up again and do another recording. Therefore, what you will be hearing is a discussion with myself and Romeo on the Friday Night Death Slot, a show you guys can hear every Friday from 8 to 11 p.m. Sorry again. But hope you still enjoy what we were able to salvage from Friday's discussion. It's still a good one. Now, let's get on with the show. This is Watchers of the Throne, a Game of Thrones reaction show. We'll start at King's Landing. Kyburn informs Cersei that the White Walkers have breached the wall, which uh, pleases Cersei. Euron Greyjoy via- arrives with Yara Greyjoy as his prisoner and with the Golden Company, commanded by Harry Strickland. Euron uses his deeds to convince Cersei to start their relationship and the pair have sex. Euron insists that he will impregnate Cersei, who appears to be visibly upset when he leaves the room. Kyburn visits Bronn and presents him with Joffrey's crossbow should Jaime and Tyrion survive the war against the dead. Dead. Cersei wants Bronn to assassinate them. All right, so what were some of your favorite moments coming out of the King's Landing story? Lena had these reads of, I want to see elephants. <laughs> like the elephant stuff was just great. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Cersei's ever seen an elephant before? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, no. So I don't think she can fathom how difficult it would be to transport elephants across the narrow sea. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. Th- that whole interaction also between um, Euron and Cersei, where Euron's saying, you don't, don't give me anything. I got you justice. I got you an army. And yet you show me no affection. And she relents. I think we had a great discussion about this, too. Yeah, about, we did. Like, what was the motivation? And I think the consensus, um, I think most of us came up with the was she needed to make your own happy or else she loses the Iron Fleet. Yeah. I also thought it was just a moment of weakness for me because I don't think it's a character who's ever truly been alone. She's always had a support system of some kind, whether mm-hmm. it be her father, Jamie. Here she's, I think it's the first time Cersei Lannister's ever been alone where she has to only rely on herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has the mountain. Yeah, she has Quineborn, but they're not family. She doesn't really trust them to the point where yeah. she's There's still her. parts of her that she wants to keep to herself. Yeah. She doesn't want to share that stuff with them. You and know? I, I think it was just a moment of weakness because she didn't have Jamie. I, I, th- yeah. I, I think it was, yeah, it was partial. I think there was a part of her that was motivated. But at the same time, I think it was just she didn't want to be alone. And I think it's one of those great moments that we've seen throughout the series where the writers really go and try to humanize Cersei. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was believable. And I buy that. You see that loneliness, especially and the regret mm-hmm. of her as when after Euron leaves and she's drinking a glass of wine, which I'll, I'll for believer, 
she ain't pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's touch on that real quick because I, I, I pointed that out. She like, ain't pregnant. We're both in agreement here that she wasn't pregnant, right? She was just using that uh, manipulative move to, to... For Jamie and for Tyrion. For Jamie and Tyrion, yeah. I still feel very convinced of that. Do I think that Euron's going to put a little prince in her belly? Uh, I don't I don't know. And, and uh, what about Bronn here with a hitman job uh, that has been put on Jamie and Tyrion? Do you think Bronn is capable of doing something following through like that? We all... We all we, we can talk about like you know he's a cell sword he sells his sword like it totally makes sense that to get what Bronn needs but yeah. i feel like i feel like they've added more layers to this character well no 100 they added more layers to this character than, than they did in the books in, in the show uh-huh. i'm more inclined to believe that especially if he sees the dead army which he might not even arrive well, in time for yeah. i can see him flipping here yeah, yeah. there's this two schools of thought where he probably won't kill Tyrion, mm-hmm. but jamie has as he says so coffee rectified him out of a lot of things he was promised yeah. that Tyrion gave him where i can see there is a lot of love lost because someone mentioned oh he saved jamie in the past well no he specifically said he's not gonna die until braun is ready for him to die because he owes him a debt and he's gonna make sure jamie pays his debt but but i can also see too is there's always a chance where one's character can disappear in exile i said it, it could be jamie but it also be braun no oh, yeah it could definitely braun, be braun. braun like braun could see like the destruction of winterfell i mean like you know what i'm good i'm gonna take what money that cersei has gave me and go to east where it's safe and warm and they can't cross the sea. And it's also the real possibility that Bronn asked Tyrion if he can outbid Cersei, which almost seems impossible because Cersei can offer him a castle. But I mean, if Bronn sees all the cars laid out, what you know, mm-hmm. what the North is willing to offer him, he could easily switch. Well, like, but, but what would they offer him though? Like, I don't see the Northerners really playing the game. Either you're with us or you're against us. But I can see Daenerys playing the game. You know, like I can see, or or, or, or Tyrion rather. Yeah, Tyrion, yeah, Varys, Tyrion and, and Varys, Varys and Daenerys and, and, and Davos. Daenerys, Davos. Da- Daenerys is like, my dragons need food. Yeah, <laughs> they're not eating too well up in the north. Clearly, yeah, clearly their goal is to get Bronn up north. It's just a matter of what purpose is he going to serve. I, I honestly. Yeah. I think, I feel like there's two ways it can go. He can see it all going to hell and he bolts or he kills one of them or they kill him. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's, there's no happy ending where they team up together with Bronn. Sure, sure. No, yeah. Like if anything, he really is a man of his word. You pay me, I will do what you ask of me. Mm-hmm. Cause he, he even says this blanking family as in, okay, they bought my sword and yet I'm going to do another horrible thing. I'm not saying Bronn is the most honorable person, but his word does mean something. You're talking about how people's words mean something. And well, it's, he's it's like been. a con- contract obligation you yeah, know he, yeah he he is kind of like the different side of the same kind of brand of tarth these are characters that that's that stick to their word like they've never strayed from it theon speaking of characters that we just need to get north <laughs> theon secretly boards euron's flagship in the night kills a group of his uncle's men uh most notably rob mcclehenny and martin star how about that yeah <laughs> like, like when i saw that i'm like i, I tagged you like the thing like did you know? like, i did not i did not know i did not know uh yara declares to retake the Iron Islands while Euron is distracted by matters in King's Landing, while Theon decides to join 
or decides to journey to Winterfell to fight the undead with Daenerys and the Starks. So it's another nice moment between the siblings. I mean, it's not the first one we've had. There's been so many different moments with these siblings about... We, we won't see Yara again. Uh, yeah, this is I, it. I'm, I'm this good. Is it. I'm good. Yeah. Because Theon is going to pay the iron price and defend um, Sansa Stark. I think when she yeah. needs it most. The Iron the Iron Island story arc, it was really tough because they also coincided it around the same time with the, uh, the Dorne story arc. Yeah. So both of them suffer to an extent. Yeah. The, the Iron Islands one, they, they managed to make at least somewhat enjoyable. I mean, we can thank Euron for that, at yeah. least from my perspective. But no, I totally agree with you. I'm totally fine with never seeing Yara again. Like, she's doing what she needs to do. It's strategic. Yeah. Take back the Iron Islands just in case Daenerys needs to flee because it's the closest thing. Yeah, and, th- and really, and, this, and is, this is Theon's story. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't think we is. need to spend any more time with no, Yara. I think, I think he's made peace mm-hmm. with the fact that he was never really um, Ironborn. He really wasn't. He was just, he's a Stark through and through. His family is in the North. Mm. Um, as much as he fought it for all these years, this is who he is. Um, Balon was never his father. Yeah. Ned Stark was his father. He, he's meant to die in the North, which which would be ironic if he ends up t- giving his life for Bran, which would be nice and poetic. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But this shows anything but that. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, in some areas, yeah. Daenerys Targaryen arrives at Winterfell alongside Jon Snow. Her advisors, Tyrion Lannister, Sir Jorah Mormont, Lord Varys, and Missandei, and Grey Worm leading her Unsullied and Dothraki armies. Such a nice moment to see. There was so much mirroring from the season premiere, or the series premiere, I mm-hmm. should say. Uh, they did a really, really good job. Uh, it was brilliant. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps because this is something we've been waiting for since the first episode. Mm-hmm. And of course, you get the Northerners like, not again. <laughs> Not again. Yeah, seriously. And Daenerys is kind of annoyed like why don't they welcome me with open arms where where are my where are my rose petals as I'm marching yeah. down and John's like I told you this is going to be a hard sell you're going to have to work at it yeah. and then of course something we, we we didn't mention was when Daenerys's dragons fly over everyone screams in terror and, and she, she kind of smiles like I'm flexing my muscle I'll just do what I, I do everywhere else I'll just burn this to the ground which oddly enough the only one who didn't run was Arya she was excited well, uh, Sansa didn't run either. I mean, she... Yeah, Sansa was annoyed. Surprised, that's for sure. She was surprised, yeah. but she's like, what did John do? Definitely. It was more concern of yes. John's decision-making than anything else. Like, it's... how could you bring this to Winterfell type of deal, to yeah, our door? And, 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 and that meeting, too, mm-hmm. where she goes, I didn't expect to have the Unsullied. The... Dothraki. The Dothraki. And dragons. Why do dragons eat anyway? And then, and I love the reply, whatever they please. <laughs> No, whatever they want. Whatever they want. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. Talk da- about your Cold War. Daenerys is very problematic in this entire episode. Yeah, um, she- we'll definitely get into that in just yeah. a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, John reunites with Bran, and Daenerys is greeted by Sansa, the townspeople, the Northern Lords. Though the pleasantries are cut short when Bran reveals to Daenerys and John that the Night King has reanimated Viserion and breached the wall. Yeah, Bran- Bran's just having none of this. You know, you know? No. <laughs> just like let's go. Basically, the showrunners are speaking through Bran. Yeah. Like, we gotta get to the episode. It yeah. costs a lot of money. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Sansa has ordered the uh, Northern Lords to retreat to Winterfell to make the stand against the undead. But at Council, Lyanna Mormont and the other Lords express displeasure towards Jon for abandoning his position as King of the North after swearing fealty to a Targaryen, with Lord Glover even deciding to go stay with his men rather than join at 
Winterfell. Dang it, Lord Glover, you giving us that hurrah speech last season. Yeah. King of the North, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, because, all, well, no, be, sorry, two like, seasons ago, two seasons. I, ago. As in, um, Liana. Uh, no, I Mama mean she said, she laid she it out. To, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you? You left the king and came back quite a lord or whatever. I, I'm supposed to call you now. She's right. Which oddly enough, I am finally reading um, Blood and Fire because it mirrors what happened with the Targaryens years ago. And as we know, the North remembers. Yeah. So they remember the stories of how the then king of Winterfell went down and met with um, Aegon Targaryen and his two sister wives and pretty much said, okay, we saw what happened at Aaron Hall. Here's my crown. And the North has been bitter ever since. It's frustrating, especially when you put yourselves in the shoes of the people of Winterfell, people mm-hmm. of the North. It is very frustrating. Yes. Because they told him, "Do we do not want you to leave. Send someone else. Do not leave. You're mm-hmm. our king. We want you here. The last person, like you just said, the last person we sent south died. Ned yeah. Stark. The person, the people before that died. I mean, <laughs> it's just there, like the hist- Starks keep dying. No, well, yeah, there's a history of the North always losing. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to Aegon Targaryen's conquest. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't lose any losses, but they lost a crown. They lost a kingdom. It got folded into. They, they lost a king, got a warden. That's not the same power in, in independence. Yeah, so for John to come back and to come back to mm-hmm. this magnitude, it's like, yes, he brought resources, but... It cost them. Greatly. It costs them, yeah. It costs them autonomy. Greatly. So it's just really frustrating for Sansa because she's in charge. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard to have to deal with this, and and it's really frustrating for all the lords because they were really counting on Jon Snow to be their leader, leader, not to be there, but to be yeah. their leader, and he's not coming through. Sansa is, and if uh, Daenerys wants to be their leader, she's going to have to prove herself, which which was mentioned in the episode was yeah. that she's going to need to prove yeah, herself. Davos, yeah, Davos. Um, pretty much said it because because he's. he's I'm conversing with um, Varys and, Varys and, Tyrion. and Tyrion. The saying, three wise men. <laughs> yeah, the three old wise men. Yeah, the three not old as old as him. Yeah, not as old as him. <laughs> and we, yeah, um, and we'll get to probably my favorite line of the whole episode was they talk about that. Yeah, they have to prove themselves just the way John had to prove himself to the North. Remember, what did John do? He took on Ramsay Bolton along with Sansa and got rid of the scourge. He's died for the Northerner because he died at the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done so much for the North. He's earned their respect. Daenerys Targaryen just showed up five seconds ago and expects to be crowned um, oh, yeah. queen. Yeah. And which, in her defense, she's never had to deal with that because seriously, and she has this Issa's mentality where all she has to do is conquer a place, free the slaves. They adore her. She gains power. Yeah. Here, there are no slaves. They're all free people. Mm-hmm. The free folk aren't slaves. They don't need Daenerys Targaryen. They're in the north. She has to learn the game and she hasn't. It is clear because the only one that's playing the game at this point is Sansa. Mm -hmm. And again, like you understand to quote Brand, we don't have time for this but you kind of do. How are you going to rally people if they don't have faith in you? And the situation doesn't get any better when Tyrion declares that the Lannister army is going to to march north too, you know? Also doesn't help that poor Tyrion when Sansa's like, come on man, like I used to think you were the smartest person I knew like Cersei's not bringing her army up here no way no seriously Sansa's the only smart one in the room yeah I, I'm, I feel insulted for her because um, when Arya and Jon finally reunite after actually since the pilot 
that's the last time they've seen each other was the pilot episode. Yeah. Well, because I and I think oh, no, no, so not the second episode. I'm sorry. And, you know, because Sansa, she she doesn't take anything at face value. No, it, it's good to have someone like that. Because um, he says to, to Arya, where he says Sansa thinks she's the smartest person in the room, and Arya goes because she is. Mm-hmm. And the, the and the great thing is, John points out too, and we kind of forget is Arya and Sansa do not get along, and for Arya um, to defend Sansa, yeah, we spent yeah. more time with them last season, but but John only remembers them as kids. He doesn't really understand what happened with Baelish and all that stuff. Where you feel at this point, like okay, maybe there is something to Sansa. Maybe she actually knows what she's doing. Yeah, it is frustrating because she knows the game. She knows Cersei Lannister, and yet no one listens to her. And John, John, uh, he dives in head first. That's the way he's always been. He sees Just like a, a battle. <laughs> he, well, he sees a battle. He runs towards it. You know, mm-hmm. he he doesn't really think about it. He's not good at thinking. As much as we like him, he's very basic in his train of thought. Like he knows he knows how to do the right thing because Ned Stark. He's like his his true namesake, Aegon Tar- uh, Aegon um, Targaryen. Yeah, the first conqueror of Westeros. Yeah, like so so of course he's always going to know how to do the right thing. But the problem is he doesn't know how to read people. Yes, he feels like mm-hmm. over time he has learned kind person that Daenerys is. But he hasn't learned the harsh person that Daenerys can be, be. which which uh, he later discovers not not through Daenerys but through Samwell later in the episode mm-hmm. uh, when Sam meets Daenerys, who thanks him for for curing Jorah of his grayscale. But then she is then forced to admit that she executed his father Randall and his brother uh, Richard. Yeah, there <laughs> I'm you still go, not yeah. saying it. I'm still no, no. not sorry, Annie. I'm not saying his name on the air. Um, it, um, or Hot Charlie. Hot, hot like, Charlie. Like, that's Jeez. what the internet has dubbed. Him. Oh boy! It's better than the other one. Well, Bran instructs a uh, heartbroken Samwell to tell John about his true Targaryen heritage. The news of which leaves John stunned. So John Bradley, who was just unbelievable oh. in this uh-huh. episode, like if the, you know how they always like turn in episodes or whatever for this, the Emmys, this for is him. the one. This is yes. it. Honestly, he better get nominated, man, because he, he deserves it. Was you know, so ev- good. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage." No, 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 man. Him, Jorah, last season was awesome, phenomenal in those few, a few episodes he was in. Game of Thrones needs to sweep <laughs> this Emmy season. It needs to sweep. They, especially well, they just SAG for right. Ensemble. Oh, the Ensemble is clearly right. going to win. I mean, th- again, yeah, John John Bradley was just so fantastic. Oh, yeah. How he was able to just understand his father is dead and, and uh, how he, even to some extent, is sad about it. But accepts it. Like but those, accepts it and, and is able to see the, 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 bright, side. the bright side of things. Like, and, now, now we'll have a home. My yeah, you know, my me. brother, yeah, my brother will let me come in. And then discovering that his brother is now gone is a real shame for him. And, that, and just to see his expression changed into heartbrokenness was mm-hmm. just, boy, man, it really hits you in the feels, that's for sure. And then to encounter Bran on the outside and Bran says, you know, he's wondering why Bran's out there. Because we're all wondering why Bran's out there. It's cold, bro. What are you doing outside? Right. He's like, oh, waiting for a friend. When he said waiting for a friend, did you think Jamie? No. I didn't think Jamie either. I thought it was some weird cryptic thing. I, I honestly thought it was a Night King. Yeah, right. I was uh, like, is I, he waiting for the Night King, King to just show up and they're going to yeah. have a talk or what? Like, yeah, it was... Uh, well, because now they're equals in a sense. Yeah. Because he's, he's the three-eyed raven. Bran has to feel like he has this big part in defeating the Night King. Otherwise... It was all for nothing. It was all for nothing. Yeah. So he he's really trying to play his part big time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah, he's trying to get all these moving pieces moving in the right yeah. directions in order to get it done. It's not working well. No, no, it's not working well. But uh, I mean... 
mean, it was smart of him to try to get Sam to tell John because it would feel more authentic coming from Sam than it would from Bran, who was just not great in interpersonal relationships anymore. No. <laughs> like like uh, when John season was like, look at you, you're a man now. And he's just like, almost. almost. Like, oh, jeez. One time, Bran, can you not make it weird? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, creepy Bran. Creepy Bran. Or as someone, I, I was watching a video, like, like they were asking uh, Macy Williams and Sylvie Turner question, and they asked, is Bran turning into all four Beatles at once? <laughs> all four Beatles at once. <laughs> and, and she said, yes. <laughs> moved on. Um, but, but Sam, but Sam telling John the news, the, I mean, and how they had the, uh, they had Liana's uh, statue and Ned's statue in the backgrounds the way they did was really good uh, directing and editing. This all felt very authentic. And uh, and you can tell that the writing, they spent so much time making yeah. sure that this setup episode was perfect and, it, and, and everything makes and sense. It, and it did. And it kind of mirrors um, two conversations. Mm-hmm. For me, I saw a lot of... Um, Robert Baratheon, Ned Stark in the Crypt, in that yeah. first episode, where clearly Sam is um, Ned in the situation, and you see um, John yeah. as um, as Robert Baratheon. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. someone also made the parallels that he's actually Ned in the scenario, John is. And in fact, it's um, Sam who's actually playing the role of Catelyn Stark. So oh, pointing oh out yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The things like, oddly enough, both Starks have made the thing about, she's, about the Targaryens, how they're when something like they're not bad in one conversation and yet uh, Catelyn Stark pretty much saying you know you're a fool <laughs> Ned Stark you're honorable but you're a fool and it all boils down to it's who Sam believes is deserves to be on the Iron Throne and he makes this decision by re- revealing it and part of me he does this in anger because the only reason he marches towards Bran is we gotta tell him is we had to take power away from Daenerys Targaryen she's not a just ruler and John makes a point well I've killed people too and Sam goes well you also let people walk away and so has Daenerys in some points she's she has let, she's yeah. let people and people bring up she didn't have to crucify all those people I'm like well she crucified the master to teach him a point lives are worth something because what did they do is they crucified not just slaves but children mm-hmm. to, to warn Daenerys that mm-hmm. more death is coming which actually made her feel like it's urgent for her to go to Marine yeah so she has compassion by the same time time you also have to look at a perspective yeah from sam's point of view she's heartless she didn't have to kill his brother but at the same time she dealt with so many losses and she had to make an example and what but what is interesting is she didn't share all the information no. with John. And if he's supposed to trust her, she needs to be transparent with him and everything. Like, you you burned two lords? I feel like that's information John deserves to know if if she's trying to build trust with him. But I maybe know. she's not. I mean, maybe in the in the end she would say maybe like like when they fly the dragons and they're and they're out of the waterfall, she's like, we could stay here for a thousand years, you know? Maybe she does want this happily ever after ending with Jon Snow like she's the queen and he's the king sure maybe she does want that but but what if she doesn't and there's enough distrust to believe that we always thought that after the Night King is dealt with we always thought the war will be between Cersei and Daenerys Targaryen but what if it's actually between the two remaining Targaryens in the world Jon and Daenerys because we always talk about the Dance of Dragons how there were these epic battles and how there was a Targaryen civil war and there's something about about this about George R. R. Martin where he that history always repeats itself because we never learn from it mm-hmm. and and 
you and you see all these callbacks and they mean something because as humans yeah we see something horrible happens in our history we remember for a good 20 30 years but when 50 60 or 70 years removed it comes back again because we forget i mean we see it now with the rise of nationalism again you would think we would remember because we learned that this historic view of nationalism is bad but somehow it is a population that is spraying across europe and here in america and you're like i thought we learned from this but we haven't i think that's sort of like the underlying message within in this, this particular world is everything has happened before will happen again just like the long night it's happened before and it's, it's happening again well jamie lannister arrives in winterfell and is shocked when he encounters bran in the courtyard waiting for him his old friend yeah i mean jamie's look oh boy just the shock because yeah he has no idea that bran was still alive like that that is and very the dragon tr- queen <laughs> has has designs too yeah you know and jamie jamie uh has a lot of enemies there let's 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 say that much you know he's he's made a lot of decisions that um that will displease a lot of people seeing his presence there at winterfell so we'll see how how it goes we'll see how it goes because as we saw in this premiere episode no stone was left unturned like any issue that could have been brought up to cause friction in this episode was brought up Sam's family being burned yes. alive. That was brought John's up. John's true lineage. John's true that, lineage brought up. Which Sansa being very upset with John about bending the knee. Yeah. Brought up. Arya's reuniting with both um, uh, the Hound and and, and, and Gendry. Gendry. There's chemistry. <laughs> No, I no, 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 no. They dig each other. They dig each other. Yeah, let's just say the night before battle, those two, those two are 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 gonna get it on. I mean, mean, (laughs) we're gonna have a montage of this. No, we're getting next episode. We're we're getting a montage of uh, of. I mean, it, it, so it all boils down to Brienne. Who who is she going to be with? Is it going to be Tormund? Is it going to be or is it going to be Jamie? Oh, <laughs> poor Tormund. His house could get broken. I don't know, man. Jamie's never been with another woman except for Cersei. Like it's always always been Cersei. I don't know if he could bring himself to sleep with another woman. <laughs> I think it's over. I think it's clearly over. It's over, but I don't think he can move on and sleep with another woman. I I I think it's more like a. Uh, and I don't think Brienne would. To be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's more of like. A best friend or like respect an, act- an actual sister yeah yeah an actual <laughs> with boundaries sister. with boundaries right right what? but no torment torment needs to uh lock it down needs to lock it down needs you know? to lock it down yeah they need to have giant babies yeah yeah 100 that will rule the world so yeah. I, I really like those reunions um uh-huh. Because Macy Williams, I think she's at her best when she's playful. Mm-hmm. Like, when she was playful with Gendry, I was like, all right, Maisie. Like, like this is, it's a side of the character that we don't normally see, and yeah. it's something that I really enjoyed. So, and when the opportunities they do get to do that, she shines. She really yeah. does. Um, and I think it harkens back to season one. I think we're getting old Arya back, or at least some version of sure. Arya. Because remember, the majority of the series that we've seen her in, she was always pretending to be something she wasn't. Yeah. For a while, she was no one. And then the girl finally reclaimed claimed her name and of course she had to do some killing to get her way back to winterfell and now she's Arya. so i mentioned Tormund. well he's with beric dondarian they've survived the fall of Eastwatch, led their party into house umber's seat of last hearth already sacked by the dead they encounter dolores ed who has evacuated the night's watch from castle black they find young lord ned umber who has been evacuating last hearth's inhabitants dead and nailed to a wall surrounded by a spiral of severed limbs Tormund declares that they must reach winterfell before the Night King. Ned reanimates as a white and Beric burns him on the spiral with his flaming sword. I mean, it's, it's a really great horror moment. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. Because you see the eyes open, and he doesn't scream right away. So it's like, oh, my God. You have that. You have those two seconds to actually see it and like absorb it, and then it happens, and you're like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Oh and, of course, it's your favorite, one of our favorite characters with his back turned. Everyone yeah. not seeing yeah, yeah. you mentioned. Yeah, I was like, like, why is no one noticing the, the, the dead kid? It's eyes open. Yeah. A um, uh, great moment when uh, Dolores said was saying, Saying, watch out, he has blue eyes. I've always had blue eyes. <laughs> That's a really great moment. Yeah, no, we needed that moment. Because uh, we're not going to get much next next two episodes. Well, this whole episode had moments of humor, mm-hmm. moments of uh, side-eye and, and uh, sass. You know, the, the episode really did have everything with great setup. Season 5 and on, this is one of the best episodes they've had. Yeah, that does it. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week with another installment of Watchers of the Throne, a Game of Thrones reaction show. Yeah!